All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. And it's obviously a special one as I am not just in audio form today. I am in video form as well. Our first YouTube episode here on the Locked On Pit Podcast. This will be how it is going forward. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on any site you've been listening to it earlier on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Amazon, whatever. It's going to be there, too. But this is what it is moving forward. And on today's episode, it's a referendum time. I mean, it is referendum time for Pitt men's basketball. We talked about kind of the collapse and what led there. Well, how do you move forward? Pitt gets a really, really crushing loss to Clemson over the weekend. A, a The worst loss since the Stallings era as much. Where does Pitt go moving forward? We'll talk about that here on the Locked on Pitt podcast today. You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back here to the Locked Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As always, I am Nick Faribault. Right to Pittsburgh Source Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. I always appreciate that. Leave feedback below on Apple, whatever. Make sure to always leave feedback. I always, always encourage people to leave feedback. I need the feedback. In order to see if I'm doing well on this show, folks, if you like it, I like it. We're having fun here. We're all here to talk about pit sports after all, and I'm trying to give you guys the best content. Need that feedback as much as possible. In today's episode of the Locked on Pit podcast is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Now, folks, as I said today, we have to discuss pit men's basketball and the entirety of what's going on here because it, it is coming to a boiling point right now, right? You know, it seemed like, honestly, as 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 soon as a week ago that Jeff Capel was probably going to come back, that it was going to be a, a virtual guarantee that you would see Capel back with Pitt in 2022. And, you know, I, I don't want to be a flip-flopper. And that, that's why I think we got to take this a in, in a very calculated manner. Because when you look at Pitt men's basketball right now, Obviously, the program is a shell of its former self. We talked about many of those different causes from the Stallings hire, whatever the search firm was for that, how it was obviously set up to be a friend bargain and how they, you know, forcing Jamie Dixon out and whatever happened with that situation and how that toxicity really caused the entire downfall, how recruiting wasn't really backed up under Dixon. The the, the facilities fell behind. Cable has redone the facilities. And, and then the Cable stuff, you know, I mean, there's so much this guy has has gone through in terms of just one bad luck, but also two just malpractice that he has done. You know, not switching out any of his assistants, um, just just the the recruiting malpractice, and that's the one thing we'll talk about that today. That's something that is really irking me, and I think most fans would rightfully as well be irked by what Pitt is doing right now on the recruiting trail with this 2022 class. It's not a good thing. 
it's in, in fact a very, very bad thing. And, and Pitt just has just not been up to snuff on the recruiting trail. They have not been up to snuff in game. You know, this is a team that they're gritty. They fight hard, but this is it, it comes around this time of year, January 23rd, specifically Craig Meyer of the Pittsburgh Post because it put out a tweet. This is around the time when Jeff Capel collapses and under his tutelage. Pitt after January 23rd is 9 and 37 under Jeff Capel. It's just that's just not acceptable, right? In, in any way. And so you see what is really, I get they lost by only five to Virginia at home. That really was worse than it looked. You know, they 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 play terrible defensively against Clemson as well. I, the whole thing against Clemson, this was exactly what you didn't want it to be. This was a horrible game for Pitt. The zone defense that has been working for them so well this year absolutely has collapsed in on itself the past two games. And, and the scores aren't high, so you're so it's deceptive, right? Because here's the thing. You can easily say, oh, they only gave up 66 to Virginia, in which you would be right, but Virginia shot 50% in that game. Virginia shot 50% from the field overall. And in the second half, much less the first half, they shot 60% from the field in the second half. And a lot of that was just due to high percentage shots. There wasn't much to discourage them from just going down and, and getting easy lay-ins. You know, the, the, distri the distribution across the board with their passing was very solid. In the zone defense for Pitt, it just broke down. They weren't, they weren't closing out lanes. It, it appeared to be very lackadaisical. And, and I think that's what is concerning and it shouldn't just be concerning to you or, or to me. I think it should be concerning to everybody because this is what this has been the story under Jeff Capel and they have two conference wins and, and a really good one over Louisville, another gritty one over Boston college. But you look at the schedule, it's not getting easier. They haven't faced Duke yet. They haven't faced North Carolina. They haven't faced Miami. They haven't faced these teams and Syracuse coming to the Pete on Tuesday. I mean, that's, not a good matchup for Pitt. As we've discussed many times on here, it's a really bad matchup for them. Because Syracuse, their biggest weakness is the three-point ball. They, they just they don't defend it well. I mean, Pitt can't shoot the three. Pitt's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the nation. And, and that is bar none. It is a terrible three-point shooting team. And there's so many flaws that of, of how we got here. The Clemson game well, was a complete disaster. You know, what is Pitt? And I kind of beg this question. You know, Pitt shot 33% from the field in that game. Actually made seven threes. Pitt had 20 turnovers, though, on 62 possessions. What does Pitt, and, and, I, and I say this, what does Pitt actually do well offensively? Like, as a team unit, other than putting it down in the post to John Hughley and he bullies guys, gets to the line, whatever he does. And, you know, maybe I think maybe the Jamarius Burton mid-range. I like Jamarius Burton. I think he's a solid player. Like, what does Pitt actually do as a team? And I ask you this because I think it's a, it's a really good thought. Like, what do they do as a team that actually gives you confidence in the offense, doing anything? This is a bad offense. It has been a bad offense all year. I mean, you just look at stats from a pure attempt standpoint. 
third least attempted field goals per game in the NCAA, second least attempted three-pointers per game in the NCAA. This team is bad from just a attempts standpoint. They, they make things ugly, and Jeff Capel has definitely leaned into the let's make everything ugly motto, right? Because what else do they have to do? I mean, really, this team is dysfunctional offensively. They, they have a lot of turnovers. They don't shoot the three well. They can't drive into lanes very easily because they don't shoot the perimeter ball well. Hughley's still working through the double teams. And when one guy goes down, you know, when Hughley's not up, no one else is able to pick him up. Or in this game, as, as it was Jamari Burton, who was really carrying them for the first few minutes, no one was able to pick him up. So who's going to pick up Jamari Burton when, when the guy is starting to actually heat up a little bit? Who's going to step up? It often feels like this team's playing four on five. And I think that is very true because most of these guys, they have their four guys. It's Odukali, it's it's Burton, it's Gee, and it's Hughley. And outside of that, this team has little to no depth. And, and there's really nothing that tells me that I should be inspired by Nate Santos or Onyeze Kuda or Will Jeffers or Noah Collier from, from an offensive standpoint. Those guys have their boons and those guys have their positives. But listen, <laughs> the offensive game ain't one of them. It seems like Onye just doesn't take shots. You know, there are nights when this guy will shoot one shot in 30 minutes. Sometimes it's not even one shot. And his, his tentativeness leaves him to be ex- extremely, extremely, he's, he's non-threatening on the offensive end. He actually shot seven times against Clemson, one of five from three, one of seven. And there's there's probably a reason why he doesn't shoot more. But in 32 minutes against Virginia, zero, zero, nilch, zilch attempts from the field. Will Jeffress doesn't seem to have the three-point shot going. Neither does Nate Santos. Noel Collier looks lost. Daniel Adapo gives you a few gritty rebounds, but slow feet, heavy feet. There's just not a lot. And outside of that, who else am I supposed to be excited about? Chris Payton? No, he hasn't played a lot. Maxim Mudison is on scholarship, but he hasn't played a lot. There is a, it's hard to be enthused by these guys. There's just It doesn't scream talent. There might be a baseline for something here in the future, but it doesn't jump out at you. It's going to be a tough one. And so as we continue to discuss this, we have to look to the personnel decide, side of things and kind of what Capel's done there. And I think that's where his biggest malpractice is coming in. However, folks, first, let me let you know about Get Upside. Hey, Pit fans, this is Nick Faribault with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. 
Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars back a month in cashback, and there's no catch. I, trust me, there's no catch on this. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and numerous other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and new promo score. Again, that's the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first take. That's code SCORE. All right, folks, welcome back here on the Locked On Pit Podcast. And listen, we're talking about Jeff Capel, kind of where everything's moving, right? Because it's not steady in Oakland right now. It's not. It's Well, it might be steady, but it's steady downhill. And nothing for Pitt has seemingly gone to plan this year. Nothing has seemingly gone as we expected it. They start out terribly. Then they go on this nice little run where, hey, Pitt might actually have some life to them. And now the, this now they're getting into this kind of stretch here where you have to be scared. You have to be scared that maybe, is it coming up? Is this the time of year, again, where the, where the bottom just falls out under this Jeff Capel-led team? And, and I hate to say that because it, it really feels like the dude should be getting more. I wish he did more. He was such a home run hire at the time. Like Who would have thought Pitt would have been able to get Jeff Capel, the right-hand man of of Mike Shashevsky when he first came. Who would have thought? But, I, I, and I think he came in here with rose-colored glasses and thought this would be a lot easier. It hasn't been. And that's where I get to recruiting, right? The recruiting under Jeff Cable's always been a little interesting. You know, the first two months he's here, he lands Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowans, and Audis Tony. And we're thinking, whew, here we go. Like, like here we go. Because, listen, this team, it, 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 it had nothing on it. It had, quite honestly, nothing. Everyone transferred out, and these were th- three talented guys that Jeff Capel got. And they got him to reclass. It was really, it was a great haul for, for Pitt, and that first year was fun. You saw three really good talents. You saw a dynamic backcourt, and you saw what could be. And then you land guys like Justin Champagne and a highly tenured or highly pedigreed guy like Gerald Drumgool. Then you land, you know, John Hughley. And you land a lot of these big guys, and you think, maybe, maybe Pitt's back. Maybe Pitt has this, this thing. And, and they land Will Jeffers, and they land all these guys. They land Femi Odukawa. But there was always this this weird thing with the big men. You know, they would go after guys like Kofi Cockburn, Kadeem Sai, like, like guys that you would think would be in their wheelhouse that wouldn't come to Pitt. Efton Reed, obviously the big example of that last year, where Pitt really thought they were in on him and could get him, and he ends up going to LSU. Like, like what what's going on here for Pitt? And why can't why, what's Jeff Capel doing? It feels like the recruiting strategy that he's had has been too concentrated. He full-court presses a lot of guys and and often doesn't get them. And and maybe he reaches on a few guys. 
The talent evaluation certainly hasn't been been bad. He's been in early on a lot of guys before they've blown up. The issue is when they blow up, they go elsewhere. R.J. Davis, they lost out on him. They lost out on a lot of these guys. And then you go to the 2022 recruiting strategy. You know, you, you get Judamins to come aboard, and then you don't get anyone else. And, and it feels like Pitt was just a runner-up for so many guys. And Judamins eventually said, why, why am I here if no one else is going to come play with me? Why, why am I playing with this team if, if people don't see the vision I see? I don't want to be recruiting guys. I want to be the recruited guy. And that's currently what Judah Mintz is experiencing. And it's why he decommitted. And then after that, it's been radio silence. There's been nothing. It's been crickets from Jeff Capel, Jason Capel, Milan Brown, and Tim O'Toole. And we've even heard that they have actively stopped talking to certain players, like Avery Brown. They are not recruiting a 2022 guy right now hard enough. And I truly believe that. Maybe outside of Leonard Miller. Maybe Keyshawn Hall, but... Keyshawn Hall's game, as unique as it is, it's a project game for the ACC level. And so it's tough to be excited. One high school recruit in the last two classes with that only recruit being Nate Santos? Like, that that's tough. And that's where things come, come down here. Like, what is Jeff Cap- what's Jeff Capel's plan with the high school recruits? Because, listen, I get it. I get it. You can build off the portal. But who's come? What top portal option is coming to Pitt? Not everyone. Not everyone wants just the playing time, and, and we've learned that here. I think at Pitt, the playing time factor—it's not the selling point people think it is. A lot of guys want to go win, and a lot of guys want to be around a team culture that's a winning culture and that breeds success. Right now, this is not that, and and that's something that when you look at the top portal options, yes, Pitt can maybe get another Jamaris Burton or another Mo Gee, but just for as many Burtons and Gees as there are out there, there's another Oladapo. And there's another Peyton, and there's another of these guys. The portal for Pitt, it has been kind of times. You know, getting Sabande, getting Horton, getting talented guys like that that are actually decently high contributors along with Gene Burton. There's positives to that transfer portal. But let's not, let's not, you know... Take a side to it. Let's not side eye the portal. It's a viable option in today's NCAA to win. It's going to be tough, though, to draw all those guys in. And you have to draw them all in while retaining John Hughley, while convincing Jamarius Burton to come back another year, while retaining Femi Udukali. You have to keep that th- those three together because you're losing Mah- Muhammad Ugi. And so keeping those three together is going to be your utmost importance. But you need so much. You need another big to replace Key. You need another backup big behind that. You need another guard. You need a true point guard finally. Yeah, the, the Pitt hasn't had a true point guard really ever. You know, Xavier Johnson, the closest thing to that. Now they have a four general now, and that's Jamaris Burton. But they haven't had a true point guard here. They need a point guard. They need a three-point shooter. They need a wing that can stretch the stretch the floor. Like they need legit options. There's so many. They would need four or five portal options. Where are the scholarships coming from? Okay, maybe a Modison transfers. Maybe Onye graduates and goes on his life's plan. So you have three scholarships. Because I think you're going to want Sabande back, and I think you're going to want Horton back. 
and you still need to add another guard to that rotation to me because I, five deep, having a guy that can shoot the three, having a true point guard along that rotation would be great. Be great for Pitt. And you can go three guards and you can rotate in and out and you can get these guys enough. Uh, you could ride the hot hand. You need to have a deep backcourt. And you can help John Hughley out in that way. But retention is going to be just as important as transaction coming in. And so going all in on the portal, he's thinking, man, this I got a full court press. This could be my last year in 2022. That's got to be the strategy. But you don't build necessarily long-term success without going to at least developing your own guys, to selling a vision of sorts. And right now, no one's buying the vision that Jeff Cape will sell it. And that's something to note at. They're backing away from recruits, and I know they got Marlon Barnes, and, and maybe 2023 is a little bit better for them, but it always seems like we talk about them pushing it to the next year. And then they strike out, and then it's the next year. It's it's a tough cycle. It's a vicious cycle. All right, folks, so let's talk about it. I mean, what, where does Heather – if you're Heather Lake, what do you do here? Generally, what do you do here? However, first, folks, let me let you know about Bet Online because Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started and that's our promo code locked on to get started from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorites vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts folks listen it's the new year i know that means new year's resolutions we're getting to the end of january here and if you're about getting fit i got the thing for you Check out Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It does not have that chalky, waxy feel to it. You will actually like what you are eating with Built Bar, and Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike those other protein bars. And listen, you want to eat healthy, I understand, and you get all those health benefits with Built Bars that are actually covered in 100% real chocolate. Low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. You get all those health benefits while getting the taste factor within. Folks, listen, there are so many different flavors to go with the coconut almond, coconut butter brown, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. And Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what is cooking up there. So, folks, all you have to do is go to built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, all you have to do, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at built.com. podcast here talking about kind of this referendum like what do you do if you are Heather Lake it's a tough one this lost to Clemson it's a gut punch and again I, I want to talk about this with with the kind of a I guess a cerebral type of of thought process because you can easily just say fire cable now and, and that would seem hasty but a lot of signs are pointing to right you don't fire them now but firing them out at the end of the year 
But a week ago, I could have easily said, man, he's done the best coaching job he's ever done here at Pitt. And he deserves another year. So it's tough to, to evaluate Jeff Cable. I think it's I think it's a tough evaluation. And people will, will, fi- will fire out, like, fire him, or he gets another year, and they'll take strong sides. It's a tough evaluation, especially if I'm Heather Lake. First of all, where's that buyout number? You know, is it 15, 16 million? Because if it is, that's a tough one to reach. Or is it below 10? Is it more like 7, 8, 9? If it's in that range, I think it becomes a lot more feasible. You can move on from Jeff Capel. But let's also understand that Jeff Capel got essentially a vote of confidence in the athletic article that Dan O'Neill wrote last week about, you know, talking about stability. Heather Light was in there talking about stability, how she felt this program needed stability and how Capel can bring that stability and how she feels they can win under Jeff Capel. And so that, that to me, brings that he could be back. But things change. And was that just a vote of confidence for PR's sake? And that's a tough one. Because Capel, here's the thing. If they avoid a collapse, play really hard to the end, you know, fight, claw, scratch their way, win a few of these games, and don't fall and don't have the floor fall out from under them as the end of the year approaches. I think you could see Cable stay because then you have a foundation, you have something to sell on the market, right? You have not just what you're saying in terms of, hey, this is. What we what we have and, and this is our facilities and I'm Jeff Capel and no we actually have tangible things with our team. Our team was severely undermanned last year. We have three guys in John Hughley, Jamaris Burton, and Femio De Calvi we really like. We also have Sabande and Horton returning, and we think that you could help and help us. We were already improving last year and competing in the ACC. This year we think we can make that next leap. And you could sell a vision because it says you are stepping forward. And you are improving down the stretch. You are a team that's going up. But it's a tough one. Because as, as we've said, this is around the time of year where things fall out from under him a lot. And so there's a lot of factors working against Jeff Capel in terms of the this roster is all his. If they fall out and, and just don't play well and, and the effort's been waning a little bit, what, then what do you do? The, has he lost the team again? Or is this a stronger-minded group of individuals that will persevere that? If he collapses, I think it's a good chance he's gone. I, I just don't see how you justify it. If he collapses again this year, after coaching pretty well through the first few months of the year, and, and kind of nothing else goes there, I, I don't kind of see how you keep him. I think it's a tough one. It's a tough sell for me to keep him in that case. If he continues to improve, and they showcase, you know, fight, and they win a few of these games, and they stay competitive, and it doesn't get ugly. I think you can then make that argument because you actually have something to sell when you go to the portal and you try to try to recruit these portal options to come to pit and maybe make that run at the at the NCAA tournament or the NIT, whatever. You you try to take that step forward. Cable's in a really tough spot right now, and so is Heather Like. But it's going to all depend on, on what happens here, right? How does this team come together? How do they mesh? Are they competitive? Do they win a few of these games and and do not embarrass themselves? Do they have something to sell 
on the market when they go out and look for portal options and 2023 recruits, they have something to sell for a vision. Does the rebuild have any hope or is this thing so soured that just nationally Pitt is regarded as such a laughingstock that no one wants to come here? That's going to be the question. If the brand under Cape was so irreparably damaged that it needs a new guy to come in, then it might have to happen. Look at Steve Forbes at, at Wake Forest, right? All those transfers coming in. The vision was, I'm new. I can sell you something. We can have success for the future. Is Capel going to be able to sell that? He has to create success for himself in some way, somehow. And the way to do that is 100% going through and in coaching this year strong, finishing it strong, shaking up your staff. I think he's going to have to make a compromise there. I don't think you're going to be able to keep your entire staff. I think you're going to have to shake up the staff. And hit that portal hard and come out next year swinging. It's a tough one. And it all depends right now. But I think Capel is teetering there. And, you know, things can change very quickly. But he's certainly, the the, the sea is continuing to warm up again. And so you have to look at this from multiple different options and see what's this program going to do. Because feel this, apathy is setting in. A lot of apathy is setting in already on Pitt fans in terms of men's basketball. And that's the worst thing. It's worse than anger. It's worse than a passionate anger. Apathy is just not caring about. And that is the worst thing. And and sometimes, man, the financial aspects of it, the PR aspect of it, you just can't handle another year and and likes hand may be forced. Well, all right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. Be back tomorrow talking more and more about Pit. And as always, as we end it off, hail. Tuppet.